Welcome back to Juncture Podcast. If this is your first time listening, Juncture represents my love of films and dreams and the similarities between them. These are also the two topics that I discuss on this podcast. Dreams are the films our mind creates and films are dreams actualized. I use my multidisciplinary background to examine films and dreams through the use of symbolism, imagery, motifs, as well as narrative and visual techniques involved in storytelling and understanding meaning. So, before I get started in this episode of Juncture, it's been a really, really, really long week. Um, I dragged my feet in like recording this episode for this particular film. I wasn't too excited about it after I watched it. And I was like, you know, I'll just I'll do it Sunday, I'll do it Monday, it'll be fine. And then the snowpocalypse happened and uh I didn't have power. And so Wednesday came, you know, didn't have power. Um I've been out of power Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, the power was like off and on. So I didn't want to record anything and then had to like stop midway or not be able to finish because the power went out. Um, I didn't get power completely until Thursday, yesterday, because I'm recording this Friday. Um, I'm so glad this is going to be, this is over hopefully. Um, I hope we don't get any more freezes, but yeah, I mean, I kind of dragged my feet, my feet on this one because I wasn't really excited about it. I was excited about it at first, seeing the, the trailers when it first came out. I was really excited about watching it. Finally wanted to put it on my film list for Black History Month and Valentine's Day. And I don't know, I was just, it wasn't a bad film. I just wasn't passionate about it. It wasn't one of my favorites. It was my first time watching it. Yeah, I don't know. It just it didn't um it didn't keep me reeled in, it didn't keep my interest, didn't keep my attention. But before I start to talking too much about it, today's episode is going to be about the film called The Photograph. The Photograph is a 2020 American romantic drama film written and directed by Stella McGee. Issa Rae stars as Mae Morton. Lakeith Stanfield is Michael Block. Um, It also stars Shantae Adams as Christina Eames. Yelan Noel as a young Isaac. Rob Morgan as current Isaac. Laurel Howery as Kyle, Michael's brother. Tayana Paris as Kyle's wife, Asia. Courtney B. Vance as Mae's father. Kelvin Harrison, Jasmine Cephas-Jones, and Chelsea Peretti also star. Um, The synopsis for the film, when famed photographer Christina Eames dies unexpectedly, she leaves her estranged daughter May hurt, angry, and full of questions. When May finds a photograph tucked away in a safe deposit box, she soon finds herself delving into her mother's early life an investigation that leads to an unexpected romance with a rising journalist. It sounds great, right? Romantic, 
discovering family secrets. It's got Lakeith Stanfield in it, you know, Issa Rae. But uh, I, I just, I wasn't, it just, I don't know. It's just, I, I did, it didn't get me excited about it. But it's a great film. It's beautifully shot. Great scenes. Great music. Um, it's funny. I, I liked, you know, most of the underlying message of it. But um, before I get into it, let me issue a spoiler alert. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, I may or may not reveal things that are important to the plot. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, please turn back now. So I categorized this particular analysis into three solid themes. The first one is love. The second one is regret. And the final one is time, which I felt also encompassed regret and repeating mistakes. Um, With time comes regret. And um, it's something related to what one of the character, Isaac, says about so much time has passed that he can't go back, you know, that he can't go back and try to fix things. And so he just lives with the regret. Time, time has the power, the illusion, I guess, to think that you can't go back, that you can't make it right. But with his case, it, it was too late because... You know, in the synopsis, even without watching the film, very beginning of the film, um, Christina Eames um, has passed. Um, Isaac was her, I mean, I don't know if it was her first love, but um, it was someone that she was in love with. And um, yeah, she, he never, he never tried to go back and find her and, and fix his mistake or correct his regret. And then she ended up dead, and so it was it for him. It was too late; he couldn't go back for it. But let's not get too ahead of ourselves. The first theme is love, as I said earlier. There is a big issue with there being there not being a the two main characters, Christina Eames, her daughter May, just not being good at love. And uh, May, her, I mean, not May, Christina herself saying that she wished that she was um, as good at work, as good, as good at work as she was at love. And so I felt like she was one of those people that put it a lot, put a lot of time into her work. And probably her daughter did as well. And not really put that much time into her love life. But that also goes into her own relationship with her mother, reflected the relationship that she eventually had with her daughter, and that the relationship that Christina had with her daughter may reflected the relationship that May has with her mother. Um, it's just this cycle of these women not being good at love. And with May, I think it was her first time actually being proactive and taking a chance and maybe trying something different and uh, hopefully getting a different outcome in the arena of love. Um, Christina dies of cancer. No one knew that she was sick. 
and she's just she just dies and I guess they are just basically trying to understand what was going on um understanding why she would keep that from them and understanding her as a person really it's pretty much understood throughout the movie that May really didn't know her mother and didn't really understand her and in fact when she finds out that she's passed they've been estranged for a while I don't think she's spoken to her for a long time and like I said earlier of course May is not good at love either and that's a bit of the other themes as well time regret repeating mistakes which is related to time and the fact that May her mother May's um maternal grandmother this cycle of not having good relationships with their daughters, not being good mothers, being a little bit abrasive and just and just not really knowing how to be vulnerable and communicate with each other. It was just really off putting because you did you don't really see any act interaction between May and her mom Christina because at this point the beginning of the movie May I mean Christina has already died but in flashbacks you do see Christina interacting with her own mother and it's really weird I don't really um it's just really strange you I mean you get a sense that the relationship is strained and they're not really close but you don't really understand why you don't see Christina's father in the film. So I don't know if her father has passed or her mom was never married or their parents are divorced. Like, I don't I don't know, but it's just um, Christina and her mom in the film. In the flashbacks, you don't see her father. So it's like, um, you know, maybe Christina's mom wasn't good at, you know, romantic love in her relationships as well. And then she's not good at relationships with her daughter, Christina. Just a whole cycle of repeating mistakes over and over and over again until someone finally learns. Um, <laughs> then um, with May, I mean, not May. Oh, God, I keep calling her May. Christina, May's mom, and her love, Isaac. It was so, so weird because it's not weird. I was just kind of like. A little bit annoyed with Isaac. So she's with this guy, Isaac. It's in the 80s, maybe early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, I believe. Um, In Louisiana somewhere, southern Louisiana, near New Orleans. There's this scene in this in the in the film where she's like, let's go to New Orleans. She's talking to Isaac. At the time, she's dancing on his shrimp boat or his fishing boat. He's like a fisherman. He's a shrimper. Um, He works in the Gulf. Like, that's what he does uh, for a living. That's what Isaac's father does. So they're at night. They're like, you know, let's go to New Orleans. And she says her and her, her friend and her friend's boyfriend are going to New Orleans. And, you know, let's go to New Orleans and dance. Isaac is like why we can dance here and the first thing that came out of my mouth like 
Nobody wants to be dancing on your smelly boat. She wants to dress up, look pretty, smell good, you know, get her hair done, go to New Orleans and dance. That's what she wants to do. She does not want to be dancing with you alone in the dark on your shrimp boat, smelling like fish. Just just not romantic at all. You know, she wants to go out and be seen. She wants to have a good time, not like in the dark with the crickets and the bugs and the critters and stuff. Like, no, no. Um, <laughs> so there is this underlying, not underlying, but it's pretty obvious thing of Christina wanting to go places. She wants to do things. Isaac being comfortable and wants to stay exactly where he is. He doesn't want to experience anything new. Um, He doesn't really want to leave Louisiana. He's comfortable where he is. Christina isn't comfortable where she is. And that is the, the wedge that comes in between their relationship, Christina's ambition, and his lack of ambition and adventure, and his complacency, I guess that would be a good word. Her mother, and so I... I was torn between this next scene. Um, so after she's she's talking on the boat with Isaac, finally he agrees. He's like, okay, let's, yeah, okay, let's go to New Orleans. Um, she goes, she's at, um, Christina's at home. She's talking to her mom and she's telling her mom that she's going to New Orleans with her friend, her friend's boyfriend and Isaac. She doesn't say that she's going to Isaac at first because her mom doesn't really approve of Isaac. She, Her mom basically says that you don't need to be fooling around with him because Isaac's just a fisherman. That's all he's ever going to be. That's his dad. His dad's a fisherman. That's all his dad ever was, and that's what he's going to be. You know, why are you wasting your time with him? She also kind of tells Christina that she doesn't need to be taking pictures because she's a she wants to be a photographer. They shouldn't be wasting her money. She needs to get a real job. So it's like I want to side with their mother because I do agree with their mother on the point of Isaac. But I also disagree with their mother about that she can't pursue her dream. I think that part of her ambition and the part of, that I wanted her to leave Isaac and pursue was her ambition of being a a photographer and to not really, it's not so much of whether you make it and become famous, but that you actually go off and try, that you actually do it, that you make that leap, that you take that chance and do it. And I think that was the most important thing. That was the overall theme of this movie as well. So I was torn and like, you know, I agree with her mother on one part, disagree with her on the other. But I also didn't know what type of angle or what kind of light they wanted to paint her mother in because you kind of wanted to be angry at her mother. But then I was also thinking that she was right, you know, like don't let Isaac hold you back staying in New Orleans. And Christina pretty much says this, but don't let him hold you back just to be a fisherman's wife if that's not what you want to do if your dreams are pulling you elsewhere and you have the talent to you know be able to maybe you know make a life for yourself with this do it don't let him stop you and just because he doesn't want any more for himself doesn't mean that she shouldn't want something else something more for herself 
So I was kind of like a little bit upset about that because I was like, are we making her mom to be the villain here? Because there was nothing she wrong that she said with Isaac. She should have left Isaac and went to New York. You know, he he had a choice to come with her or not, and he chose to stay. That's on him. Um, but <laughs> but I was like, what are, are we supposed to? you know, all be all in for love and to lose ourselves in relationships. Is that what the model of, you know, the moral love of this story that we, we should have lost our, she should have lost herself in this relationship, been his wife, lived happily ever after while sacrificing her dream. And then, cause I was like, are we making her mom the mother of the Because her mom was kind of mean, you know? So I was like, I don't know. Because I'm tired of that narrative that they have with women in romantic films where they're just supposed to just leave everything. And I mean, not just men. I've seen this as well. But just where a person in these romantic films just leave their ambition, leave all sense and reason for a love that may not even pan out, may not even happen. You know, I feel like if you're going to risk everything... If you're going to make that big of a risk, I feel like you should take that risk on yourself. I don't know. Because there's always an option for a relationship. But I don't know. I'm just not team sacrifice career and re- and dreams and aspirations for a relationship. So I don't know if that's like a double standard, you know, to, to do that for a relationship, to do that for your dream, but not for a relationship. Because you, I guess you could say maybe neither temporary, but at least you know. Hopefully, in the long run, you can be better in yourselves with a dream and career. While as you pour, you know, you pour everything into a relationship. You know, what do you have after, or if it's over? Um, and you have no identity, um, no career, no um, nothing to fall back on, no way to support yourself. So I was just. I'm all for team career, team aspirations, team dream over relationships. And people can either come with you or get left behind. That's basically my life motto right now. Um, so anyway, I'm glad that she did it. Um, I wasn't glad with everything Christina did, but I was glad that she got on that bus out of Louisiana and went to New York. There's another scene, Christina asks, do you want more than this? And my whole, my whole synopsis was that, not my whole synopsis, my whole like summary of this particular scene was that it's okay to have big dreams. Um, Isaac, I think he just wanted to get married, have a family, be a shimmer, be a fisherman, and that's it. And Christina didn't want to be just his wife. Um, during the scene, um, Christina asked, do you, do you want more than this? And Isaac says, what do you mean? And Christina says, more, more than what we have. And then Isaac says, no, I want you. I want to be married to you. Christina says, uh, I'm not ready to get married. And Isaac says, what more do you want? 
Christina says, I want people to know who I am. Admire my photographs. I love you, but my greatest accomplishment each day cannot be cooking you dinner. And Isaac responds, I never understood how to make you happy. And Christina says, what if we moved? Where? New York? I can't see myself there. She says, I can't stay here anymore. And Isaac says, yes, and where does that leave us? The next scene, she is thinking, and then after that, she's at the bus station leaving for New York. And she looks happy. She looks excited. She thinks that Isaac was going to, you know, make a change of heart and come to New York with her. But that's not what happened. She was gone three months. And within those three months, he had married some other lady in the town that had been trying to get with him. And so I was just like, forget Isaac. I hope that she probably was. But I hope that Christina wasn't living regret over this man who didn't want to go to New York and be with her like he had something in Louisiana that he just couldn't do something somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Maybe it was, I mean, it was like a a family thing to be a fisherman. Like he, I don't know. Maybe he was like this, that was his passion to be a fisherman, to own his own boat, have his own, I don't know, fishing company or something. But I was like, I hope she wasn't regretting, you know, all the years of her life about this man. And, you know, if he loved her, he should have went to New York with her. And he didn't. And I, she shouldn't have left. I mean, she shouldn't have um, had any sleepless nights over it. I don't know. But I think what also was an issue for her, maybe why if she did feel regret, was because plot twist. Isaac was actually, is actually May's real father the guy that raised May in New York and eventually married Christina was not um, is not May's biological father. So I think that might have also played with some regret. She she didn't want to. I guess she didn't want to say anything and then like make him feel guilty and force him to come to New York. She wanted him to come on his own and he didn't. So he really didn't want to go. He really didn't want to be with her. But there's some more into it that I'm gonna discuss a little bit more about Isaac because there was more going on on his part and another reason why May shouldn't have felt guilty because he needed to get his stuff together that was kind of Christina and May's sort of backstory and then on Michael's backstory he's also not good at love he's a reporter journalist that is interviewing this guy down in New Orleans who happens to be Isaac, the guy that Christina was in love with. And um, anyway, so his a little bit about his backstory. He just got out of a relationship with a girl, not a girl, a woman that lived in New Orleans. He lives in New York, so it was like long distance. And something just happened. They don't really talk about May and Michael's backstory and relationships that much. They don't talk about May's at all. They give a little bit on Michael's, 
but you know they don't really focus on you know their their past relationship isn't given that much time in the film but we do know through Michael's two nieces that Michael was in a relationship with a woman named Tessa she's she was from New Orleans and he said he told I guess his nieces that he was gonna marry her but obviously that never happened or maybe it did happen he never said that he was engaged no one ever asked he just said he was in a relationship and it ended so maybe he was actually engaged to this woman I don't know he was just coming out of a fire and jumping into another fire um (laughs) but I got the idea that Michael listening to you know his nieces talk listen to Michael's brother Kyle talk that Michael moves really fast in relationships. He makes a lot of promises and then he either falls short of those promises or just messes them up altogether. Um, I don't know if he gets hang, hung up on um, trying to be a certain way or create a certain type of relationship. I don't know, but he falls short on whatever he's trying to do. <laughs> um, so that's what I get from Michael's backstory. May, I don't know. She's just very unsure. Um, she's second guessing. She's being very cautious this time around, I feel. And I don't know if that's how she always was with relationships or that's just how she is now. Like maybe she's kind of learned from her last one. So I don't know, but one of our favorite, one of my favorite lines that she says, she was talking about how she doesn't really know who she is. And she was like, what if I'm just a collection of rap dresses and, um, can they widely print? I was like, that's perfect where you're just (laughs) a collection of the things you like, you know, and not actually you or you're not actually someone you're just things piled together or you're just a collection of your favorite or common things um things is that really are they really you you know I don't know but I thought that was hilarious and that was really funny (laughs) but uh back to Michael on to regret, which is the second theme. So with Isaac and his regret, and he says this as much in the film, um, Isaac didn't want to be the man chasing after the woman. His ego is what stopped him. He wanted to be the one to be chased. He wanted Christina to drop her dreams and aspirations to stay in Louisiana and be with him. He thought he was everything. He thought he was the stuff. Uh, he was comfortable staying where he was and wanted Christina to stay there with him. Boop. But <laughs> it's, it wasn't worth it on her part, you know? I just, as, as someone who grew up in a small town, um, I'm glad I didn't have like a high school 
love interest or something, something that somebody that would have talked my young and naive and inexperienced self to stay in the small town and, and not try to do anything else or want anything else. So I always admire people that are like, I'm going to leave my small town go to a big city, go to New York or something. I mean, I didn't go to New York. I mean, I I wish I had, you know, when I was young, take that kind of risk like that. But um, that's always something that, you know, I always admire people to be willing to do that, to take those kind of risks. So I'm, I'm not team staying in small towns. It's just it has very little to offer in terms of experience and, Meeting new people and seeing new things and learning and growing is just, it's hard to do in a small town. Um, within this theme, I also wanted to put in something that had to do with regret and time. So like a combination of them both because I feel like those two things are also related and connected. Um, you can't have regret without time passing. Um, interviewing when Michael was interviewing Isaac for the article in his magazine or newspaper Isaac uh, Michael asked Isaac why he never you know he asked if he ever contacted Christina again and Isaac responds that we lost contact after she took off or I let her leave 30 years later and I'm still trying to figure that out. Michael asked him, "Why don't why don't you just look her up?" And Isaac says, "Too much time done passed. I don't recommend getting older. Less people to talk to, more time to go over every regret." I also think this served as a warning. Uh a warning to Michael, a warning for him to heed. You know, in his for his future, well, for his present self, to act on things as they are happening, to not let so much time pass that he feels like he can't go back. And then he never does, and then he regrets it for the rest of his life. So don't be that person. Don't be the person that doesn't act on things. Um, and, and don't get too focused on whether what you're doing is going to going to to end up good or bad I think if you just make the effort to try I think that is where we can avoid regret and sort of free ourselves from that regret if we make an attempt because I think with regret it's when you don't ever try and you spend time wishing or thinking about what if or what could have been or what should have been, and we don't ever know because we never tried. We never actually did it or attempted to do it or started it or anything. And so that's the warning for Michael and for May. There is another scene um, where Michael is listening to the interview. So he recorded the interview that he had with Isaac gets back to New York and he's listening to the recorded interview while he's at work and the part that he, that stood out to me I, you know that really 
really, really fit in and made, you know, kind of sense with the whole theme of the film about regret and time. Isaac says, my ego probably held me back the most. Why I couldn't make it work with Christina. I didn't know how to be with a woman that I had to keep up with. And then Michael says, what would you have done differently? Isaac responds, I would have gone after her. And throughout this film, May is trying not to repeat her her parents' mistakes. I think, I don't really know what Michael is doing. I think he's avoiding, avoiding things because he doesn't want to repeat his past mistakes. I think that's what he's doing. Instead of staying in New York, he takes a job in London. He doesn't want to be complacent or stagnant with the company that he's currently working with. You know, he makes a comment earlier that he's he's probably he says he says he's probably been there too long. And so he's trying to switch it up and trying to do things differently. He's avoiding things with May. He's avoiding moving too fast with their relationship, you know, like he usually probably does so that he doesn't make his the same mistakes he made in his past. So he's avoiding that. May is, she's, wants to avoid, or she, first she started to avoid it, then she decides to just head, head, take it head on, head first, in hopes that she doesn't repeat her parents' mistakes and she doesn't have that regret later in her life because she didn't do something that she wanted to do or that she thought she should do or that she felt like she was meant to do, you know, that kind of thing. And the very, I think, yeah, it's the very end scene of the film. She, May says to Michael, I don't want so much time to pass that we can't come back. So there's a realization that I think May and also Michael, but more so May, a realization that she is repeating her parents' mistakes and she is actively trying not to, that she's aware of what she's doing, that she has done it and she's trying not to. The final, final theme is time. When May talks to her father, and this is not her biological father, Isaac. This is the father that raised her. She's talking to him about, you know, not really knowing her mother and if she really loved her and, you know, what was going on. Um, Her father says to her that she needs to realize that May wasn't just her mother. She was also just a woman with flaws. With time... This is something that we learn about our parents. Growing up, we see them as our parents and only as our parents. It's hard to imagine that they had a life before us, that they were kids once, they were teenagers. They, you know, they weren't always thinking about, you know, having kids, being a parent, combing hair, brushing teeth, you know, going to work, making money to feed a kid. That's not what they were always thinking about. Um, But it gets to a point where you grow up, uh, we live a little bit. We experience life. We experience life. We 
we take a step back, we have our our own um, shortcomings and heartaches and headaches, and everything sort of comes full circle. And we are able, through our own experiences, to see our parents full circle as they really are, not just as our parents, but as people that had happened to be our parents at one point in time. And it's it's a part of who they are, you know, as parents, but it's really a small portion. It's not all who they are because there is like a whole lifetime ahead of them of experiences and events that shaped them and molded them up until the point that they became our parents. So we can't, you know, discredit this whole existence before us when we come in, when we start to factor in who our parents are, who they really are, trying to understand them, where they failed, where they succeeded at being, you know, mothers and fathers and that kind of things. And I think May was finally able to see that, um, talking to her father, and then also um, reading the letters that her mother left her, and also with realizing how much she has been shaped and affected and molded by her relationship with her mother, and how she ended up being a lot like her mother, even though she didn't want to. You know, how that our parents can affect us, like, and you know, in that way. And it's just sort of this pattern and that we see these behaviors and these, you know, things and the way our parents are acting. And then we start to model that, like that becomes, you know, that is what we know. I mean, that's what we've, you know, seen growing up. So when we finally become adults, that's what we go to. That's what we navigate to or, you know, when we learn how to be adults, we model ourselves after our parents. They were the first adults that we knew. And that's not always the best thing for us to do. Related to the love theme, but I also feel it's relevant to what I was just talking about with parents. The relationship that between Christina and her mom. Uh, because Christina's mom also died. She became sick. Nobody knew that she was sick until she actually died. Christina was in New York and she got a call and she's like her mom and her friend was like, your mom died. She's like, what? I didn't even know anything was wrong with her. But there was a, a scene in the movie where Christina's mom is telling her, you know, hey, it's time you move out and find a place of your own. And Christina's like, what? I haven't been looking for a place. I don't, you know. And then she, I think Christina kind of made a point in her mind. She's like, okay, I need to make up my mind whether I'm going to stay here in New Orleans because I don't have a place here to stay with my mom. She doesn't want me here. And then, you know, she talked with Isaac and he don't really want to go nowhere. And so that was all she needed, all the answers that she needed to let herself know that she needed to go to New York. 
but I think it turned out that her mom was trying to get her to leave because her mom didn't want her to see her sick and dying, you know. I think whatever was wrong with her, it was probably a late late stage kind of thing. And she would have saw her, like, you know, really suffering on the late stages of whatever it was because she died pretty fast. You know, she left, Christina left for New York. Three months later, her mom is, like, dead from something, so. But uh, it's just so weird. And Christina didn't talk about her past with May. Um, I don't think she talked about her mom. But, you know, sometimes people don't talk about their past because it's painful and I'm sure, you know, being pushed away by your mom, your parent like that, and not understanding why, and not talking to you about or explaining to you what's going on, and then, you know, your mom not wanting you to be there with her was really painful. And I think maybe she just took it as her mom didn't like her, or didn't love her all kinds of things, you know, just kind of probably really negative things and also made it her regret because in the three months that she was gone in New York, she could have been by her side with her mom and she missed those three months of her mom's life. And so that probably was a lot of, you know, coupled with Isaac, you know, that was a lot of her regret about her past while she was in New um, New York working on a career. You know, it's hard to focus on love when a lot of your past, you know, involving the people with you that you love is filled with pain and regret. So it's hard to be good when that's the, the background that you have to work with, you know, when it comes to loving people. My final thoughts on this film. Overall, I feel like, you know, I said it was a great film, beautifully filmed, beautifully directed, great actors, great music, great costuming, great hair, great, um, just everything. I just don't know what it was. Like, I, I had trouble focusing. Like, I always tuned out at the same point during the movie. Um... I don't know. I don't know what it was. I'm going to watch it again and I'm going to focus. I'm going to cut out my distractions and I'm going to, there was just something. And at the same point, I watched it twice. At the same point in the film is where I just, I started to tune out. I don't know why. Um. So my final thoughts and miscellaneous um, random thoughts on the film. Um, I really liked the eye contact between May and Michael, um, Issa and um, Lakeith. I also felt like there was good eye contact. Like I kind of liked that. I liked the sort of joking nature of their relationship. But then it also made me feel that they were just like best friends. Like it was a very playful platonic relationship and not so much romantic and also felt like they were a little bit awkward but I don't know I don't know if that was just me maybe other people felt the same way as well about the film um also (laughs) Issa's edges 
Okay, so when I was watching this film was also during the time when that woman, I think she was actually from Louisiana, put that gorilla gorilla glue spray adhesive to make a slick down edge ponytail. And I was watching this and I was like, oh my God, like Issa's edges in this film are like lay, like they're not going anywhere. Like they're just, I, I don't know how people do that. I've never been able to get my edges like that. I don't even try after this point anymore. Like I don't even, I don't even bother playing with gels. I'm definitely not going to try any Gorilla Glue, but I was just like, what did they put on our edges? What did they do for our hair? Because she did some ponytails and it was just. It was it was laid like it was just it was laid. I don't, I just I don't know. I don't know who was the hair person on this film, but they did a good job on laying the laying those sides, laying the edges. <laughs> um, the music selection when they would do the throwback scenes about May's mom, Christina, you know that. Early 80s, I mean, not early 80s, late 80s, early 90s, I believe the time was music selection was on point. Um, they were playing, oh, what song was that? They were playing I'm Not Your Superwoman. And there was another scene, another song that they played when they got to New Orleans and they were in the the bar, the little club, speakeasy kind of thing. <sighs> selection was good. It was like on par. I I didn't like the music selection for like the newer scenes. I don't know. I'm an old school R&B, 80s, 90s R&B kind of person. So that's what I was vibing with. I wasn't feeling like the newer stuff or I don't know. Some of the hip hop they were playing. I think it was um, Most Deaf or something sounded like. I was like, mm. and I like Most Deaf, but they were they were on point with the R&B. Um and um <laughs> uh, i was also thinking when when isaac was talking about he was going to get married to christina he never talked about like what what he was going to do to provide for christina how they were going to live i mean i guess he was making enough money for this boat and i guess she was going to be a stay at home wife and take pictures on the side or something Maybe go down to New Orleans on the weekend. No, they weren't going out to New Orleans because he didn't want to go. They would have just been in this small town somewhere all the time, just bored. She would have been bored. He wouldn't have been bored. Um, so I was like, what was he planning on this married life to be like? He was just going to be like, oh, we're just going to be married. That's it. They weren't going to have any more dreams, do anything else. I don't know. Hmm. There was another scene, and I think this, and I should have mentioned this earlier when it when I was talking about May's relationships and there not being a lot of explanation about what happened in her past relationships, what were her hangups. There was a scene where um, Michael was at May's house, and he was sitting on the couch and she was dancing kind of in front of him kind of like off to the side like she was kind of a little bit far away from him so he was like why don't you come over here and she was like no why don't you come over here where I'm at and it made me think of 
maybe she had an issue with trying to compromise in relationships and, you know, whoever she was with not really wanting to meet them halfway, um, maybe just wanting to have the relationship on her terms. I was like, maybe that's her thing. Maybe that's what it was. Because I was just like, and he, he was like, no, you come over here. You know, that was probably one of his hangups too. Because Tessa, the girl that Michael was with before May, lived in New Orleans. He lived in New York. She was probably like, I'm not coming to New York. You come to New Orleans. And he was like, I'm not coming to New Orleans. You come to New York. So nobody was compromising. And me just now thinking about this, Michael's girlfriend lived in New Orleans, Louisiana. That's where Isaac and Christina were from. He lived in New York. Christina ran away to New York, left Isaac in Louisiana. and she But she was like, you want to come to New York? He's like, no, I don't want to come to New York. I'm staying here. It's like the same thing. Um, I didn't even notice that until I was just talking about this random, you know, scene. I was like, what? So that's another thing that's the whatever the current situation is, is marrying the past situation for for both of them, for Michael and May. Hmm. Also May, I don't know I don't like the name May. It's just, she's too young to have a name May. I mean, Ease is not, I mean, she's probably in her early 30s in real life. The character had to be about around the same age. May is like someone's grandma's name, someone's mom. May should have been like May, May's mom's name. But I was just like, why is she named May? And then May and Michael. They're both M's, and I was like, I don't like the way that sounds, but that's that's minute. That's a a small detail that's not important. It just kind of bugged me because I was like, May? That's like an old person's name. <laughs> yeah, Um. anyway, final thoughts. <laughs> um. I think the point of the film is not whether... We focus on May and Michael living happily ever after or not. Because you really don't really know what happens to them. It's like, May goes to New York. They're gonna, she's going to try out this long distance thing. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know if one of them is going to move back to New York or one's going to move to London. I don't, you know, we don't know. It's It's up in arms. It's whatever. But we shouldn't focus on that. We should focus on the fact that they actually tried when they were both afraid to do it. Um, Michael ran. Uh, he left the country. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's still like, okay, we can, let's, let's see if this can work still. Even though I, I left the country, I ran out of town. So that's, that's important. I think that is where Christina failed. And where Christina felt at May and Isaac felt at love um, because Christina didn't really try on communicating or really talking to May or building a relationship in that way. 
And then it's also, you know, where Isaac fell. He didn't really try at love. He didn't really pursue the woman he wanted. He didn't try to um, maybe do a bit more with his life. You know, maybe be on the same level as May. I think, I mean, not May, as Christina. I think he was a little bit intimidated that she had these ambitions and that his ambitions were small and he felt like he needed to rise to the occasion to meet her. But he also felt like he couldn't and he just didn't. He didn't attempt to rise to the occasion. He didn't attempt to to do anything. And I think that's where they both feel in different ways at different types of relationships that um, neither of them tried. I think, yeah, I think that's where they feel. Um, yeah, Christina never opened up about her struggles or her issues with her daughter, you know, the things issues that she had with her own mother. Isaac wanted to stay where he was comfortable, where things were familiar. He didn't try. So I think when it comes to love, I mean, I know it's past Valentine's Day, but this should be for all year around. But when it comes to love, I think it's important to try. I mean, you don't want to, um, you know, put yourself at risk or... um throw self-preservation out the window, but, um, it's good to make an attempt at things, even if it's not related to love, but even if it's love, love and career ambition, um, to not focus on whether or not you'll fail or you're, or if you'll succeed, but that you try and that you try really well and really hard and, you give it your everything, and that's going to count more than if you failed or if you succeeded. And, I mean, if you fail, you still really learn something because you really tried. You tried really well and gave it everything. So that's positive lesson for this film, positive lesson for life, positive lesson for 2021. That is the conclusion of this week's episode of Juncture. Don't forget to follow me on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search for Juncture Podcast and you'll see my logo. You can also find me on Twitter at Juncture Podcast. If you're interested in having your dream analyzed on an episode of Juncture, just go to my Twitter page and there's a pinned post with a link to a form to submit your dream anonymously. Fill out the form or share the link. And finally, thanks for listening to Juncture Podcast and I hope y'all tune in next time.